This episode of Behind the Bliss podcast is made possible by our generous patrons. So we have a new system in place for those of you that want to maybe give and be included a little bit more intimately in this Behind the Bliss community. If you're listening and that's you, we have three different tiers and levels in which you can be involved in, where you can get early access to episodes, an extra episode each month, memory verse printouts every week, and 10-minute devotionals every week as well. We seriously cannot do this without you all. If you love our show and would want to join our patrons, head over to BehindTheBlissPodcast.com and click Give, or head to Patreon.com slash BehindTheBliss. Welcome to the Behind the Bliss Podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. Today's episode is going to rock your actual world. Gretchen Saffles from Well Watered Women is sharing with us all about what it takes to do ministry right. We're talking online ministry, in real life ministry, knowing your Bible, getting the guts to go and share the gospel, all the truth that you might need to feel more equipped in your walk with Jesus to make disciples like we're told to do. It's the greatest commandment, so we shouldn't take it lightly. And Gretchen definitely doesn't. So with her encouragement and her truth and nuggets and things that she's learned from successes and failures, I hope you walk away from today's episode with a little more insight on what it looks like to share Jesus with people that you love or maybe don't even know. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Gretchen. Gretchen, welcome to Behind the Bliss. I am so excited to have you and share about all the things that you've got going on, girl. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I love what you're doing here and just the mission behind this podcast. You're so sweet. Well, I love the mission that you have in your personal life, but then also in your professional life with well-watered women and killing the game with giving women resources all over the world through just your own discipline and your own obedience. So hopefully we get to dive into that, but I want you first to maybe give us an idea of who you are and what your everyday looks like. Okay. That's perfect. Well, I'm Gretchen Saffles. I have been married to my husband, Greg, for seven years now, and we've got two little boys, Haddon and Nolan. So they keep me pretty busy and pretty tired a lot, but they make us laugh a whole lot. And when my husband and I got married, Um, We moved not long after that for him to work at a church. And during that time, my mom was really sick. And I also knew that I didn't want to get just a traditional job. Um, I had always had a dream of doing some kind of ministry, but in, in a sense, I was like, okay, I don't think this will look like traditional ministry. I wanted to do something with fashion and creativity and design Mm -hmm. and reach people that way. And so I started an Etsy shop because I could do that at home and travel. And, um, and so God eventually took that Etsy shop and made it into well-watered women into creating Bible study resources, tools to help women get into the word. And I grew up in church and I feel like I heard so much. You should have a quiet time. You should study the Bible. But it was never really told how to do that. And I didn't really have the right tools. I felt like, okay, only pastors can do that or Bible teachers. And I didn't know how just as an 
average woman, you know, just living my life. Like, how can I pursue Jesus and know his word? And that's really where Well-Watered Women started is wanting to make that available for women. And also the more I study scripture, the more I just fall in love with the God of the Bible, the God who is with us, the God who loves us. And I so long for women to do that too and for them to know him. And I thought I'd be more like an overseas missionary. That was what I wanted to do when I was growing up. And it was so cool several years ago um, when I was blogging and I wrote a post, someone commented and said, said something along the lines of you're a missionary to the internet. And she, this person did not know that, um, that I had, you know, I had really kind of like, we wanted to, to do missions and God had sort of closed that door for that time. And so for her to say that was so cool to see, okay, God, like you can do something in a way that I was not expecting. So uh, my day-to-day life is just writing a lot, um, creating, meeting with people and taking care of my family. I mean, it looks so normal right now. I don't have makeup on. I haven't showered today, (laughs) Um, but I've been working on writing and studying for um, just some new resources that I hope will really stir women's affections for Christ. Yes, that is, yes. That's exactly what I think that a lot of us need to hear, me specifically. I'm sitting here, I'm like, can we go there? I mean, can we just talk about this idea of like wanting to do something amazing that you feel called to, that the Lord's placed this desire on your heart and you see the vision so clearly, but a lot of times I fall for the trap and the lie that like I'm average, I'm ordinary, and start kind of being crippled by my insufficiency, which I think sometimes is great if like you need to be humbled, but then sometimes we almost can lean too far onto it that it it becomes a trap and it keeps us from doing these great things God's called us to do. Um, What would you say to that girl who's like, I haven't gone to seminary, I'm not a pastoral leadership role, but I have all these big big dreams and goals and things that have been whispered to me? Yeah. So I would come at that at two different angles. Um, First of all, I think that we see something big and that's what we want to do. And we forget that Jesus calls us to be faithful in the little things. Mm -hmm. I am looking through Luke right now. And um, just, I've been in like this section of Luke where Jesus is kind of telling parable after parable. And one of the things I've been writing down in my journal is how Jesus is constantly going back to, are you being faithful with the things that I've given you, whether it's one thing or five things or 10 things? Like we are called just to be faithful right where we are. He didn't say, go do big things. He said, go make disciples. Well, what does that look like? It looks so ordinary Mm -hmm. and so every day. And I feel like this is just a, like, but I feel like this, our generation, um, I think because it's so broadcasted, like you broadcast what you do through social media, through all kinds of things through the internet, that we are actually living based out of comparison rather than calling a lot of times. You know, we're thinking that person's doing all these things. And right now my calling is to take care of my kids and, you know, to serve in kids ministry at my church, you know, something like that. And we're like, but that person's doing this. Well, it's really comparison that's making us want to do something bigger rather than calling because God's called you to this ordinary thing right now. And when we do these ordinary small things for his glory, it's actually greater than someone doing something really big for their own fame. And so I would approach it in two different ways because, um, just to say that, I mean, Christ, when you look at his life, there's, you know, the majority of his life is unrecorded. Like it's the three years, you know, his birth. And then like the three years of his ministry, 
but there's years and years and years that are not even recorded in scripture. And Jesus did a lot of mundane things. I mean, he ate with people. He like, he just did mundane things for the glory of God and with a greater purpose. So I think that it's easy for us to think that, oh, I need to do something so big that matters when God is really saying, but what about what's right in front of you? Like, don't despise mm-hmm. the small things that are right in front of you on your list because it's through those things that he's shaping our hearts. He's molding the hearts around us. He's preparing us. He's equipping us. And also he's calling us just to delight and worship him. So um, I think that I just, I, I would not get so consumed with what's the big thing that God's called me to do. And yes, maybe there is something really big on your heart, but don't be consumed with that. Be consumed with Christ and being faithful to him and not being afraid to move forward in faith, but to just go, okay, what can I do today? Maybe, you know, you Mm -hmm. you feel called to write. Well, maybe you're going to write something, a letter to a friend. Maybe it's for one person, (laughs) like being faithful to minister to the one or to the 100, whatever it looks like. That is so good. So good. Okay, so you keep saying ordinary, and it sparked my, like, I just had something recent come up where in Acts 4.13, when it says, the people saw the courage that John and Peter had, they realized they were unschooled ordinary men, and they were astonished and took note these men had been with Jesus. And it's one of my favorite verses because it puts it in simple terms. We're like, we're just called to be with Jesus in such an intimate way that people notice, regardless of our stature or our tenure or what's on our resume, as far as like, the quote unquote ministry world. Yes. What you're saying is doing the right thing, the obedient thing with the thing right in front of you and just being with Jesus is all we're really called to do. And then the big things might come and they might not. Right. But at the end of the day, like, are you satisfied with just being with Jesus and people taking note of that first? Right. And being faithful. And when I think of the women who have had the greatest impact on my life, uh, you know, just in like my spiritual life, my walk with the Lord, I actually don't think of people that if I said their names, you probably would have no clue who they are. Like my pastor's wife in college. Um, I was just telling you before we started recording about a woman who mentored me and she's gone to be with Jesus. And if I said her name, you'd probably go, I don't know who she is, but her life just, it, it truly just exuded the fragrance of Christ and the life of Miss Carla, um, who was my pastor's wife and is still a dear mentor to me. Every time you see her, her eyes like twinkle. Like I, that's not the only way I can describe her. Her eyes just twinkle because she's been in the presence of Jesus, and she's a real woman who, um, who knows Him and longs for Him in everyday life. And so I think that's so cool to know that, like, and when you look at the real people of the Bible, like their their lives, a lot of times we elevate the people that God used, but when we see their life, like the whole span, everything that's included, we're like, whoa that person totally messed up and they were totally ordinary, you know, not, not exactly the candidate candidate I would have chosen to be king or to do such and such a thing. But God uses ordinary people because ordinary people make much of his great name. And I feel like that's so important to us to know that our name doesn't have to be written down in something that people are going to know about someday. But if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, that is what matters ultimately. Mm -hmm. Oh, Okay. I don't mean to be the Bible geek, but we got to talk about it. David and Goliath. Like, for example, King David didn't just, he wasn't, he didn't become heir because of who his family was. He became heir because of his decision to show up and bring sandwiches to his brothers in the first place. Like when God called him or whenever his dad said, I need you to make sandwiches and bring them to your brothers at war. He was watching sheep and he was just being like a tender of 
a farmland basically. And he said, okay, yeah, like I can show up. I can bring meat and cheese. No worries. And he did. And that's where he saw the opportunity to fight Goliath and he had the courage to do it. And then from there became a new, almost like module. Like he kept like upgrading with obedience. And so it doesn't, he didn't start out where they were like, okay, David, you're the guy to defeat Goliath. He had to show up to see the opportunity. And even from there, they didn't right then and there decide, okay, you're going to be king now. It was through discipline and showing up. So like what you're saying, yes. And there's so much more even before that. We don't know about David and how normal he was. It's just like a normal farm boy. Right, right. So no, he didn't live life perfectly with yes. uh, his huge moral failure and that God still redeemed that. And he still chose to send, you know, through the lineage of David would send his son. And when you look at the, um, at the genealogy, you know, I feel like people skip over genealogies so much, but there's so much weight and worth in them and purpose. And in Matthew one, and you're looking at the genealogy, if you pull out all these names and go back to their stories, you're like, what, why is that person in the lineage of Jesus? You know, like they do not, they don't seem like they should be the right person. Like, and that's why so many people missed him because they said, I thought he was going to come as this great grand king, you know, not be born in a stable of, you know, like a peasant girl, like he came in such a way that was so opposite of this world. And he turned everything that we think, um, you know, is upside down. He turned it right side up to how it really should be. Um, the way of the kingdom is so different than, than what we would think. And so I think that so often our, what we think um, serving Jesus should look like really comes from what the world thinks that should look like rather than from what he models just in his own life and in the lives of his people and um, just choosing people that are very unlikely. Um, It's not like they've earned to be chosen, but God's grace is just so evident through their lives and even through someone like the life of David. And what a beautiful way. I mean, just like us talking about different ways in scripture, we can almost take these as example and apply them to our life. This is a prime example of why you should spend your time in the word. Yeah. This is like, this is it because these examples that we're pulling or characters that we've been given from real life stories and encounters with Jesus himself, like give us an idea of who Jesus is. That resource is available to us every single day. And I think that's what's so neat about what Well-Watered Women's doing is you're, you're kind of breaking it down and making it more simple than this big and sometimes intimidating idea that we get it wrapped up in our minds to be where the more that you know about who God is, the more then you start to understand yourself. Um, which then in return, like gives back the glory to your creator for who you've been created to be. And so it's a beautiful cycle, but has to start with that discipline and doing the mundane and getting in the word every day. And it's something that well-watered women make so easy. So I wanted to honor you for that. Thank you. Thank you. That's my desire is just to, you know, there's so many things that we sacrifice to do that leads us to discouragement. Like all the things that I share is because I've done it all wrong. You know, like I've woken up every day and looked at my phone first thing and checked social media and been discouraged all day and gotten nothing done of importance um, because I didn't place my, my heart and my, um, my eyes on what really matters and on Christ. And I've also done it where I have given Christ those first moments or come to him in surrender and it's made all the difference. And so like, I've, I feel like in a sense, my life has been a little bit of trial and error and just proving like Jesus really is worth it. His word really is alive. Um, when I come to his word, he is so, so faithful. It doesn't mean you always walk away with like 
warm, fuzzy feelings and knowing who your future husband's going to be, you know, like what your next job should be. But it does mean that you will be equipped that God is, he's always doing something in his word. And from Genesis to Revelation, all of those words have worth and they're telling a greater story. And for us to give our time and attention and affection to that story really does change everything. And it brings understanding. I feel like that's, that's one of the words that's been on my heart for the last couple of years is I want to, I want to be a vessel that brings understanding to the word, um, that people would, would read it and see Christ in it, see God's fullness, um, see the bigger story as I'm continuing to learn. I mean, I do not know it all. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm constantly going, I have no idea that this, this is what this, right. you know, this connected to, but I never, I never cease to be amazed by God and his word and, um, just how, how applicable it is and how it really does impact everything. Yes. That's so cool. And how also you can continue to get revelations from it, even by reading the same thing over and over. Right. Which is why it's living, it's breathing, it's alive. It means something new every day. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Well, you said something that I think was really neat earlier. You said you're like an online missionary, <laughs> which I, well, how cool we have that opportunity. We can show up online for people and meet people in like Malaysia to Africa to Hawaii and back here to Alabama or to you in Atlanta. Like, I think that that is such a gift that I think there's a lot of hate about it. And I understand that a hundred percent. Like, I think anything can be used to disturb rather than to do it the right way. That's what we're kind of promised with who the enemy is. But at the same time, what an awesome opportunity and platform to reach people who could potentially be unreached. So I kind of want to just pick your brain about how that works with you personally, but then well-watered women and what it is that you would hope people kind of get from the opportunity that we've been given on this platter. Yeah. Again, I feel like whenever I hear questions, I think of it from all different angles. So, um, and I feel like that's healthy. That's good. I think it's from experience of doing things the wrong way too, um, or just learning over time. So when I first started to share about Jesus and my faith and the word on social media, was a lot of years ago, like seven years ago. And, um, that wasn't really common then it was more just, you know, you shared and you put like a random filter on things or, you know, like famous people or designers or things like that. And I realized how quickly, um, and, you know, I think it's one of those things like the effects of social media are becoming more known, but we're not going to know until even more years have passed and we see how it's affected us, um, mentally, physically, emotionally, relationally, Um, but at the time I noticed, I was like, I am so discouraged by this platform. Like, um, and it was mainly because of comparison, because of time wasting, because of, um, seeing things and feeling like, oh, I need to, I need to be that or look like that or all those kinds of things. So I really wanted to just quit social media altogether. And that would have been pretty easy to do. And, um, in a sense, it was more of a cop out because I was like, I don't feel like, you know, I, I, I wanted to protect my heart, but I also was like being a little bit lazy too, um, in the sense that I wasn't going to war. I wasn't coming with the right mindset that, oh yeah, like there is a real enemy and he's out there to trip me up, but hey, we've got the word and we can fight against this. And I, I knew and know a woman who is just so wise. And I remember she gave a talk on the internet and social media. And again, this 
talk that she gave was probably 10 years ago. And um, she was sharing about how the internet was growing so much. It was reaching people in unreached places with the gospel. And she just brought out how it's a really dark place. And I just remember that thinking about how it is. Like the darkness is very prevalent on social media, on the internet, um, the things that go on there. And what a chance, like what an opportunity to be the light of Christ there. And so I started just like not even how, just sharing my faith. Like I remember one day I shared about what I was learning from Esther and people started to respond and say, this really helped me or this really encouraged me. And I was like, oh, well, this is what I love to talk about anyways. It wasn't any different from my everyday life. That, and that's the thing too, is like, um, like I hope that my friends and family would say like, that's just who, that's just who Gretchen is in general. It was like, oh, here's another outlet for me to share. And so I started sharing there and it was amazing to see how I started connecting with women in other countries and, and even women who they, they live there, maybe they're Christians and they live in a country that just doesn't have resources like we do in America. And they would say, this is helping me so much because I can't just go down the store to get this resource or to get, um, you know, this encouragement, maybe they're a missionary or there were people also reaching out who, um, were not believers, but had questions, um, or just said, I noticed something that's different about this account. And it was so it was so crazy. I was like, okay, this is really an opportunity to share the light of Christ. And so in the beginning, like my passion was, has been, and always will be to share Christ in just everyday life and to really meet women. I want to meet women where they are. Well, a lot of times these days, women are on their phones. So if I can somehow meet them there with some sort of truth, um, you know, if we can offer them some sort of gospel hope, maybe it will even cause them to shut their phone app and to go live faithfully where they are or to view things differently. And um, so that's how it really began. But I think as something like this has become more popular, it's easy for people, and this is um, Christian and non-Christian in general, to create a space in a personality online that is not who they are in real life. And one thing that I challenge myself with all the time is, if I'm willing to share this online, am I willing to go to my neighbor and share the exact same thing? Um, am I willing uh, yeah, to go good. across the street or when I'm at the grocery store and I feel God lead me to talk to somebody? Like, am I willing to do that? And if the answer is no, um, then I'm using online ministry as a cop out, you know, because Jesus did ministry face to face. And so I want it, I value it so much and I hope that it's an encouragement. But if I, and we are not also living that out in our everyday lives. Like, um, you know, what our husbands and our friends and our family and roommates and children can see, then it's like, it's not true, genuine faith. And so that's why I was mm -hmm. kind of coming at it in two angles is um, just wanting to always test my heart too and go, okay, this thing that I'm sharing online, like, is this something that God is working out in my life right now that I'm seeking to be faithful in? Um and am I willing, you know, yeah, I'll share the gospel online. That's easy in a sense, you know, even though there can be pushback or negativity, um, am I willing to go do this in real life? Like if Jesus called me to give it all up and to go to another state or another country to share, to share this with people, would I do that? And so I think that not to, you know, it's easy to also elevate and go, oh, well, see how many people are being reached, um, 
you know, through sharing with like a following and, and stuff like that. But I think of my, one of my best friends, she's doing ministry overseas. And, um, I mean the people that is around, like it's very minimal, but that impact is just as valuable to God, like her faithfulness that, um, nobody sees, nobody sees her working with these women and sharing the gospel and learning their language. Um, they don't see that as much as they can see what we post online, but it still matters so much to God. So I think realizing not elevating, um, but being faithful with where God has us. So, um, you know, if, if social media is a way that you can minister and share your faith and is going to be an overflow of your walk with God, then do that. Like be faithful there. Um, but it doesn't mean it has to look like that too. Right. It looks like it doesn't satisfy your entire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that calling called to be face to face with people and, um, you know, not to share everything that's on our hearts with the internet when we haven't first gone to someone in our church or our husband or, you know, like we need to have that. And, um, that walk with God needs to be first and foremost before anything is shared online. And so, um, that's why I kind of want to approach it from two different angles, because it also just depends on where, where we are in our walk with the Lord. And on any given day, I'm at a different place too. And the Lord knows that. And, um, ultimately like he's my audience and I have to bring my mind back to that. Like, am I sharing this to please him? And if, um, if I am, then, then praise the Lord. If I'm not like I, God can still use it and he can also use it to um, bring me back to confession and mm-hmm. repentance and back yes. to him. Yes. Wow. <laughs> Full body chills actually, because I was having a conversation similar with a friend the other day and we were talking about the need or like this desire to post to social media. And even if it's good and it's rich and it's like wise content that maybe you've even been like stirring for a while. Yeah. It, it still can be at the end of the day, something that you post to be heard or to be understood yourself. Right. Rather than it being a, no, I want you to understand who my God is. Right. And it's again, like one of those, it could be amazing. And you're so right. Like God can use all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We're, We're promised that. But at the end of the day, your motivation behind it, it's like it can almost do more hurt on you than good yeah. because you put it out there. It can be an amazing message, like I said, but maybe I put it out there because I want people to understand where I am or to, like to hear me and my cry for help and what people think is like, quote unquote, vulnerability yeah. <laughs> really is is pretty dangerous really? if we let it yeah. be, if we're not going in the healthy mindset first. So, right. Yep. Thank you for bringing that clarity. Yeah. And I, it's just one of those things that, um, and again, I, I say this because God has taught me like from doing it the wrong way and from going, wait, my heart is not in this for the right reason. Now, like I've got a, like, there needs to be a major heart check and renovation that happens here. And so the more that I see, um, girls and women, you know, seeking to share their faith on social media, um, sometimes I'm like, oh, we've got, we need to take a step back. Like, I just feel this like urgency in my heart. Like we need to take a step back and realize like, this isn't it. Um, you know, Jesus, when he shared, he didn't share for applause, like he shared for obedience and for the glory of his father. And, um, and so I, I think that it can easily, Satan can take something good and twist it. He's always done that. Oh yeah. And so we, submit to God and we constantly bring it before him and go, God, this is yours. This is not mine. 
and I'm going to trust you. Um, I'm going to live for your glory. And I pray that your spirit would guide me as I post. And, um, you know, sometimes I've written something and, I, you know, so, like there's been times where I have felt just so burdened on my heart to share, even though maybe I, I was like, I don't want to share this, but I have just felt so burdened on my heart and had to obey. And there's been times where I've written something and he's been like, nope, don't share that, you know, like that. Yeah. Or it's like something that's, that's just for you. Or that's, you know, go share that with, with your friend or, um, and so I think it goes back to also just being spirit led, being in his word and being submissive to him. Yes, that's good. I love what you said too, like <laughs> calling the enemy's bluff. Like I see you, yeah. like you are not as sneaky as you think you are. And right. it's just kind of disgusting to me how he can even take the things that we think are good, like vulnerability online or a word that we feel like is a revelation for ourselves and he can twist it. And he's like, no, that's for you to share. And it's really not. It's something so intimate that's actually still being processed and worked on in our heart that we make public and we shortcut the process and we don't get the full richness of maybe what that was supposed to be. And so, yes, it's why moving forward in obedience and clarity and prayer and being in the word every day, again, like coming back to it is why it's so important to be rooted in a foundation where it can be the healthy barometer for is this for me, is this for others? Is this healthy or is it not? Is it ready or is it still marinating? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's, it's become a lot more flippant than I think is really supposed to be taken. Yeah. Which, yeah. And I just, sometimes I think, um, and this is just being real personal. I'm like, what kind of it? I'll, I'll just kind of ask the Lord, am I setting the right example? And, um, because I want to, you know, just since we started sharing in this capacity a long time ago and We've really, the way that Well-Watered Women, um, like as a platform and as a ministry shares has really shifted a lot in the past year or two, um, because I felt God leading me to be, um, leading this ministry to be just truth-based. And so not always posting like on a whim, but, um, to really be very faithful with the content that's being shared and not, not merely sharing for, oh, this may get a lot of likes, this may get a lot of traction, but sharing the whole truth of God's word. And, um, you know, like I said, when Jesus was sharing and when he was preaching the gospel, like he wasn't always getting applause, you know, like, and so I want to be faithful to the whole word of God and, um, and, you know, not just showing women a part of the character of God, but the fullness, because it's the fullness of the character of God that draws us to him and completely flips our lives upside down, which is really right side up the way that it should be. Yes. He makes everything right. And he shines a light on the path that we're called to go on. It's just as simple as looking to him for the direction. Yes. Always. Yeah. Wait, wait, where is it in scripture that it says, um, like for the right, the path of the righteous is narrow and I'm going to totally mess this up, but that's what I could pause and Google it. (laughs) There's something that's coming to my mind about like how it's a narrow path. And it's not going to be as like wide and general as we make it out to be, especially in today's culture where we want to like everyone's included in all these things. And it's like, that's not necessarily true. It's, it's really narrow and yeah. you got to be pretty accurate. Matthew seven thirteen through 14, um, entered through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only if you find it. Yes. Yes. Gretchen, you got me. You got my back. <laughs> I was just like, that came to my mind. I was like, well, I, Google. I just Googled it. So 
Oh, yes, queen. Thank you, Dr. Google. <laughs> but I have like, been thinking of like this whole conversation. Today's culture makes it seem so broad and arms wide open. And yes, like absolutely there's the message of grace, but there's also a message of truth and that this thing is is much more punctual and like precise and specific right. and that's why it's so important to yeah. cling to Christ yeah well, um, and I was reading um uh, I was working on writing this morning and in Matthew 4 after the the temptation of Jesus he immediately goes and starts preaching the kingdom and um the kingdom you know the kingdom message is repent like repent and turn back to to God and yeah. um a lot of times I just think we don't I don't know if we haven't like preached the fullness of the good news, like the good news. Yes. God loved us so much to, um, to send his son to die for us. Jesus was obedient to the point of death for the joy that was set before him. But we are called like we're in sin. We're born in sin. And our call is to repent from that and to turn to him. Life is in him. And so we want to pull, to draw people to our God, to our to our Savior Jesus Christ, who is fullness of life and um, living life according to the kingdom. It, it looks inside out and upside down, according to this world. And I think that that just overflows into everything that we do. Yeah. So I'm also kind of sitting here thinking that there's a lot of women I think that fall into that where they're like, I'm just going to go and like shout it from the rooftops. God's great. God's good and all the things. And they forget about that specific message for individuals and even themselves. But I also want to recognize the women that maybe just be like so crippled by fear and anxiety of doing it right or getting it right that they like never step forward in obedience. Yeah. And so what would you say to those women that almost are like, okay, well now, now I'm like so scared about not getting it right. I don't even know if I want to show up in the first place. I would say that you're not going to get it right. <laughs> I mean, right. I yes. I was hoping like, you'd say that. You just have to go forward and fail. I was, yeah. um, I was even reading about fail, failure this morning. That's been kind of a recurrent fear in my life. Like this is just personal honesty. Um, I, I love to do things right. And I always have since I was a little girl and I fear failure. And so this is a really good one, like a good question that hits close to home. And just reading like, I mean, when you look at, again, when you look at just different people in the Bible, they failed. Like they did fail. I mean, mm -hmm. they, in some aspect, like even Moses, he failed to obey God and he wasn't able to enter the promised land. And the only one who didn't fail is Jesus. And so if we're so afraid of failure, then ultimately we're wanting to preach the message of me and not Christ. Mm -hmm. And there's been, I mean, just even in producing, um, you know, content and Bible studies and stuff like there. I'm, and every single thing that we produce, even though we have so many people read it, like there's always like one little thing that got missed, you know? And mm -hmm. in the beginning, I would just be undone when someone would message me and say, this word was wrong or this first reference or I don't understand what you meant or something. I would just be undone. Or disagree theolo on theology and you're yeah. like, ah, oh, cringe. Like, oh my goodness, you know, and um, I would fall apart. Um, and it was really revealing. Okay. Like if you like. I'm not going to be perfect. You know, the, these things, even whenever I read books that um, really famous people have written, I'm like, oh, that was a typo right there. Thank you, Lord. That made me feel better. <laughs> like they missed the yeah. typo. And so just to realize like you're a human, 
And yeah, like you're not going to always do it right. But that's the whole point of God's grace. Like when we think that, oh, we can only do it when it's going to be perfect, then haven't we forgotten about the grace of God? And and we're disqualified. Yeah. Like everyone's disqualified if we have to do it perfectly. Yeah. And so I like, I I can't even tell you how many times I have, I'm going to say like, quote unquote, failed. But every time, even though I fear it so much, God does bring a new sense of freedom to know that Christ has done it like, and he is faithful and he's faithful to redeem and to restore and to renew and to bring life. And so, um, it's something that you need to surrender to the Lord. And that's not just one time that's over and over and over again. Um, there's certain things that when God calls me to do it, I'm like terrified. Um, you know, even, even before getting on this podcast, I was so nervous. I was like, oh my goodness, is this going to be, what am I going to say that I shouldn't say? And I just had to go, okay, God, like I've got to give this to you. Um, and just take a deep breath and surrender this to you. And so just know it's not something that you're just going to like, oh, I don't struggle with that anymore. Um, I don't have the fear of failure anymore. Like it's probably always going to be there, but you will learn more and more to surrender it right away and to preach back with the truth and to go, you know what? So what if I fail? Like I, you can look back on, um, I love reading like missionary biographies or pastor biographies, just different things like that. And I mean, when you look at, so like Elizabeth Elliot, um, Jim Elliot, uh, her husband was killed along with four other missionaries, um, when they were trying to share the gospel with an unreached people group. So Right? Like, don't you look at that and be like, they failed. They failed. They were killed. But no, you can see how God Mm -hmm. has done a mighty work through their death. And so, and there's so many other people that I can like bring up that um, from the outside, I feel like the world would look and go, they failed in their mission or they failed in their life. But no, like God did a huge work through their life and through their obedience. And so ultimately it's not about failure. It's about obedience and, um, and, and the Christian life success is just obeying Christ. Um, it's being faithful to him. And sometimes our human minds can't really, we can't trust ourselves yeah. against the mystery of God to be like, okay, that's bad and that's good. Or that's failure and that's success because we have it wrong in the first place. You know, like only, I feel like only the Lord really can see through the lens of full goodness and to be able to say, no, 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 no. Yes. That was amazing. Yeah. Like, well done, good and faithful servant. I was so. reading something, and I can't remember. It might have been like, ugh, it might have been Warren Wearsby. I don't know. It was it was some book that I was reading not too long ago. But he was saying that um, it's not just about fruitfulness. It's about faithfulness. Because sometimes God calls you to be faithful, and you you don't ever see the fruit. And so if we think that it's the fruitfulness that's the success, we're missing the point again. Um, it's the faithfulness to God ultimately that's the success. And I just thought that was a really good point that he made. Yeah, that's like, We trust God with the fruit. And even when you're reading in Hebrews 11, um, it even says there's so many of those people, they never saw the fruit, like until they got to the kingdom. Um, and mm-hmm. were faithful with what God called them to do. I mean, Abraham, God told him, um, you know, your descendants would number the scene and the stars. Well, he never actually saw that. Like when he was in the flesh, he never saw this, like that big thing um, revealed, but he had faith that God would do it. And so he was yes. faithful and God produced the fruit. It just was in a different time and in a different way. I felt God asked me that question before too. He's like, Rach, would you still do it even if you didn't see the outcome? Right. And I get stopped in my tracks and I'm like, oh, like, 
it's really hard for me. I don't, we can maybe go Enneagram talk, but I'm an Enneagram three, type three. Yeah. And so that means if a lot of times, this sounds so twisted, but out of full transparency, in my mind, I almost have like this formula where I'm like, okay, it's going to be worth it if the outcome, I can see it happen or if I know it's going to be successful, even if I don't see it happen. And sometimes I have to be okay with doing it anyways. Right. Even if I'll never see the outcome or even if it fails miserably, but I was called to do it, even if it doesn't look like success in my eyes. And so um, I've been there where I'm like, I just need to plant the seed and be okay if this tree doesn't even root for another hundred years. It's going to, eventually it'll be something that, that somebody else gets to see the fruit of, even if I don't, or my name's not even on it in the first place. Yeah. So yeah. Just to put myself out there. <laughs> That's the biggest test if it's like that we're, when we say, okay, God, like my name doesn't have to be on this at the end of the day. Like what a huge test and marker of, okay, like this is about God. This is about his glory ultimately. And so um, I, I pray that I will be able to say that, that, that the Lord will, um, will see that in my life, but it's a process of sanctification all the time. Constantly. Oh man, this has been exactly what I needed. Oh, there's so many recent conversations I've had. This is just like the sprinkles on the top of this cupcake that's been baking for a while. So this is great for me. I pray it's great for other people yes. too. But this was, speaking of just being obedient in the mundane, like you need to be recognized just because you do do the, the obedient in the mundane. And I feel like even this conversation is you being obedient in a place where there wasn't much direction to our conversation, but I think it went in a place that was, it was already written to go. So thank you for standing up and being bold and saying things that are completely countercultural, but we all need to hear because they're just rooted in truth and wouldn't have been the same without you. So I'm really grateful. Thank you for your encouragement. I'm, I'm very grateful (laughs) and humbled by that. You're sweet. Well, this feels so odd. Like there's some conversations where we just like, don't get me wrong. This was tons of fun, but there's some conversations where they're like so playful that I can just like enter in this question. And then there's conversations like this where I'm like, I should have been taking notes that I'm like, <laughs> this feels like such a turn of conversation, but I'm, I just have to ask because yeah. it's something we love to do. Okay. What's something that you're loving these days that people have to know about? Hmm. Okay. I feel like I sh- I've shared about this, but I really love this app called Scribd. It's S-C-R-I-B-D. And it is an app where you can listen to books and read books. And it's only like $8.99 a month. And I love it. I mean, I have like 200 books saved and I have not read all of them. But um, okay, I just so it's kind of like Audible, but not. Yeah, it's way cheaper than Audible. And um, and if you share with a friend, you get your month free. And it's just the best. So like if somebody tells me, I mean, literally this weekend I was with some friends and they mentioned some books and I was like, let me look it up. So I looked them up and I saved them. Like it has most. Are you serious? And so I really listen to, I love listening to books now and then I can read them. So it's a really great way to redeem my time too. Whenever I'm thinking, oh, what should I do on my phone? I can just pull up books or listen to them. So I, my friend shared me. This is brilliant. Like two years ago. And I tell everybody about it. Um, so it just, it's really helped me read a lot more than I normally would have, um, especially just with kids and, um, you know, just the time that I have. And so I love yeah. it. It's so good. Wait, this is amazing. And that's not expensive at all. I probably spend like minimum $25 
like a month on Brooks. Yeah, to buy them in real life. Well, and there's so many books that I'll go, I wish I could try that book. And, you know, like, because have you ever bought a book and then you don't love it? And you're like, eh. Oh, yeah. Like, just finish Where the Crawdads Sing. And I'm sorry if this offends you, but I don't know what the hype was about. I'm so angry. I have not read it. Um, don't. So I mean. Not that, see, not all of them. Like, that one's not on script because I was going to try to read it. It's like audiobook, but it's 20 hours or something. So I'm not going to listen to that. But, yeah, but no. most books I can find there and I can either listen or um, read. And some of them I've gone like, I'm glad I didn't buy that. But some of them, after I've read it, I've ordered the actual book because I loved it so much and I wanted the to book. So, home. yeah. Yeah. So it's a really good way to even kind of know which ones you want. Yes. And you like the voices. I mean, voices really change the game with audiobooks too. <laughs> well, it's either, yeah. I mean, it's either the author or somebody that's reading it. Like there's only been one book I think that I pulled up that I was like, I don't like the voice, but otherwise, no, I've loved it. I really have. Wow. It's so good. Gretchen. Truly, like, you just made my world because (laughs) I am so excited. I am about to download this even while we're talking, which is so rude, but I'm so excited about it. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Downloaded on my phone at this moment. I just looked and I've read, like, either read or listened to 30 books on it. So that means I have 162 books I need to read. (laughs) Um, it, like, year and a half probably. Okay. Well, wait, one more question then. What's your favorite book that you've listened to recently? Oh, okay. That's a hard question. I just listened. to. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) I know. I'm like, now I need to find my books that I just listened to. Um, Okay. I did listen to Gay Girl, Good God by Jackie Hill Perry. Um, Don't let, if you haven't heard of it, don't let the title like throw you off. And no, I've actually, a lot of my friends have told me about this. Okay. Yep. And so she, um, like she just shares her story of how Christ saved her and it's, it is so good. And she is really poetic. And I listened to that one. It was like four hours, but I listened to it super fast because I loved hearing the, like she narrates it and just the emotion. She's a spoken word artist. So I can imagine it's beautiful. Uh So I would definitely, like I said that, you know, every time I share a title, I'm like, don't like, you need to look into the book to know what I'm talking about. But um, that one by Jackie Hill Perry was a really, really good listen to. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I'm set. I'm so set. We were traveling a lot coming up. And so this is going to be perfect. Yeah, and you can download them too. You can download them so yeah. you um, can have it if you're like traveling, you know, on an airplane or something. Girl, you brought all the goods today. We got a little bit of, like, truth nuggets. We we got our next, like, book reading app. We've got lots of bases covered. Yes, I'm so thankful. (laughs) Me too. Well, if someone wanted to find you or what you're doing, where can they find you online? Yeah, so you could go to wellwateredwomen.com to find the ministry, and that will link to our shop to where you can find – you know, paper resources, or you can find a ton of free resources that are online as well. And so you can find us on Instagram at Wellwatered Women, or you could um, just find my personal account where you're going to see lots of pictures of my boys and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and that's just Gretchen Saffles. So that's just my name. But um, yeah, definitely the, the Ministry of Wellwatered Women. Um, we do a lot of the stuff on Facebook. I mean, not Facebook, I was going to say. Instagram and on the blog. And then we really try to steward our emails and send out really good content to women there that um, will really bless them and point them to Christ. Oh, amazing. Well, cannot thank you enough for just being with us today and just 
going there. Yeah. Because we went there. And I'm really excited about people hearing this conversation. Yeah. Well, you led the conversation so well. And you're talking about things. These are the things that I get super passionate about. So I'm like, yeah, let's go there. And I normally sweat. You know, I'm like sweating over here because I just get really (laughs) That's when you know it's spirit-led and obedient is when you're like nervous or hot and sweaty. Uh Exactly. So thank you for letting me be on here. And um, I just, I hope that this is a blessing to all the listeners. And I wish that you guys were able to be with us right now as we talk. Gretchen just said all the things that I needed to hear. And I hope that maybe you needed to hear it too. That it's really just not about us. It's okay if we never see the fruit, but faithfulness is what we're called to. Doing the hard work, digging in our heels and getting it done is not always fun. And in fact, a lot of times it just looks super mundane and easy and regular. But although we might be ordinary and although our days might look pretty regular and mundane, we're called to do really great things in the small and in the big. So if you're a girl with big dreams or you're someone who doesn't even know what to do next, I hope and pray that you move forward in your obedience today, starting with getting yourself in the word, getting a one-on-one personal relationship with Jesus, sharing the gospel and the truth and the hope that we have in Jesus with somebody that you maybe know or don't know in real life, face-to-face. If you wanted to access all the things that we talked about in today's episode, you can do that by heading over to our show notes at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. You'll find a link to Scribd, the book listening app that we just talked about, the books that she mentioned, more about well-watered women and what they do, and resources that you can get your hands on, as well as super cute pictures of Gretchen and her family. If you love today's episode, I hope that you would maybe consider heading over to iTunes and leaving us a quick review. They're really easy, super simple. You can either click the amount of stars that you wanted to give the show, or you can always add a personal message with what you're loving specifically, but it helps us gauge what people are enjoying while it also helps our impact and our reach. So if you could serve us in that way today, we would be oh so grateful. I hope this message reached you wherever you were today, whether it's in your car, washing dishes at a sink, taking a quick break from studying or momming. I hope you feel loved and known and fully admired from all who Jesus is and that you cling to the hope because of what he has done for you. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time.